You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. And so Heavenly Father, we ask that you would speak to us out of your word. We ask that you would do that which you and you alone can do. We ask, Lord, that no one would leave here the same. God's people shout a big amen in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. Let's put our hands celebrate Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Shola, thank you so much. Now, my pulpit is, is now very tall. And I'm really sorry because I know you like, just make up your mind. But it's okay. Let's, is it okay like this? You sure? Because making me look short. <laughs> all right, just a bit down, okay? Um, all right, good morning, church. Uh, so, so happy to be in church this morning. Yes, I think so. This is Shal- <laughs> I'm not gonna- This is Shalalawa. Say hi to the church, come. This is Shalalawa. He's... Sister Tokba says Shala is single. But that's not, not for long. Not for long. Someone tell Shala, not for long. Not for long. <laughs> Amen. All right. Um, beautiful. I actually feel very good being in church this morning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 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 if it's your first time at LifePoint, God bless you. Thank you so much for coming. We're really excited about you. Excited, excited. Yeah. <laughs> Um, help me ask the person next to you. Is this your first time at Life Point Church? Is this your first time at Life Point Church? If they say yes, give them a big, you know, handshake, impress them, you know, just act really nice. If, if it's your first time at Life Point, you know, um, when I'm preaching, just shout something deep or something so they know that we have a word here. All right, <laughs> but I'm just saying this is how how they feel about this service is your responsibility. To be honest, I, I put it totally on you. All right. Um, for someone, I think just to read this scripture, so out of Joshua chapter 3 and verse 8, context is that this is one of the very first tests of Joshua's leadership. And I don't know who is starting out a journey. And, and God says, you shall command the priest who bear the ark of the covenant, saying, when you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you should stand in the Jordan. because in, and, and God is essentially, he's giving Joshua and Israel uh, prescriptions towards a breakthrough. He's telling them about what they should do when they get to the place of a miracle. In fact, the preceding verses are ones I like a lot. God says, look, in today, in this incident, he says, I'm going to show off with you. Okay, that's my paraphrase. But he says, I will exalt you in the sight of all Israel that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. I don't know who it is. God is saying, look, you, you need to understand that uh, there needs to be a spiritual dimension to the next step. But the journey you are about to embark on, this next step, there needs to be a spiritual dimension. All right? And you're not doing it by yourself. I know you have a degree from a fancy school. You went to Harvard, you went to University of Benin. Oh, that's fine. Okay? And, and Covenant University. Okay, that's fine. I, I pay you. Okay? But, but God... <laughs> Just balance it in Unilag. Let there be peace in the house. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, but God is saying, look, when you get to this place, I don't know if it's an interview, if it's a, a pitch you have to make, it's a commencement for something. I don't know what it is. But there needs to be a spiritual dimension. You cannot go there in the flesh. You can't. It says to Joshua, it says, you need to let the priests who bear the ark go before you have me tell the person like you tell them involve god in this matter involve god in this matter okay 
right? Um, yeah, and I, I just hold that. I suspect when we pray later in the service, uh, it will come through again. Um, next week, we have two services, one in the morning, uh, beautiful normal service at 10 o'clock, and then in the evening, we have a 5 o'clock service, all right? Uh, one of the things we wanted to do in this season was that we realized that this is the middle of the year, and sometimes some people uh, start to get a bit discouraged, right? Uh, you know, all the fancy goals you wrote at the beginning of the year, nothing is... And we, we also recognize that for different reasons, okay? You thought by now the president would have announced the cabinet, you would have been a minister by now, but here we are, you're not a minister yet, so you're a bit discouraged. You thought you would be engaged by now. You had chosen out the colors, but you're not engaged by, you know, you're still single. That's fine whatever is the cause of discouragement, and it's different for different people, we want to address that in a service. So, so the evening service, the morning service, we'll preach, you know, we might even encourage people, but the evening service, the, you would find that the music will be slightly different in the evening service. All right? Not in a, uh, not, not like in a, but it, I think you just focused on encouragement. If you have one friend who you know is going through a really tough time, all right? They only come out once a week. You know, all that stuff. They're only wearing black and black everywhere. Whatever it is. Or if it is yourself. You can even come on behalf of someone. It's okay. All right? But the evening service will specifically be about encouragement. And, you know, uh, I and the, the other pastors, at some point in the service, will be praying specifically with people. So that's one thing we want to do in that service also. So it promises to be a fantastic time. So I think we've got cards and ushers will distribute them later in the service. All right? Fantastic. Uh, who's ready for God's word? Who's ready for God's word? Anybody? Good, 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 good. Yes, so today, I was listening to you know, my pastor preach earlier this morning, and I realized that in his church, ever so often, maybe every 10 minutes when he preaches, the people clap. <laughs> no, no, you have to, let me start first. <laughs> so I guess I was just going to mention to you guys at life point that... <laughs> So often they just they just stop and they clap like ah okay. <laughs> um, today I want to talk. Let's read out of Second Corinthians chapter one, Second Corinthians one three to four. Second Corinthians one three to four. Because when people who have, when Jesus was around, when people who were ill people who were carrying pain or people who were carrying sicknesses will meet him, healing will happen. So in Acts 10, 38, scripture says how God anointed Jesus, the same Jesus who is here today with the Holy Ghost and with power, and that he went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So when Jesus encounters pain, sickness, healing will happen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 to 4, the Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Two descriptions of God there. The Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. The Father of mercy and the God of all comfort. 
one beautiful thing about Laura sharing her God experience was that, you know, you just, sometimes you, when you see people's faces, you do not realize what is going on behind. Okay. The battles that they are fighting. Uh, I think we've spent a lot of time and effort as a people covering up things, covering up pain. In fact, the cosmetic industry is a multi-billion dollar one. So we've become a generation of people that are very adept at covering up things. So sometimes, I mean, I have gone for a wedding. I think I was telling PFA at one such wedding. But I could not recognize the bride. I know her. And that's the last clue I'm giving. But at the wedding, I was like, ha! She looks very different. Sometimes even the bridesmaid is when they've gone past you. And they're like, P.I., ah, that's in his voice. <laughs> you know, like, ah, that's really in you. Know? I give me, no, that's not, that's in you. Don't worry. In me, hi. You know? And it's all, it's very nice. So, it's, so we appreciate. I don't think this is not me. I appreciate makeup, you know. Envy those guys. I mean, we envy people who do makeup. We, particularly when we see our wives doing makeup, we're like, oh, we wish we could. <laughs> but you know, but we can't. Who doesn't want to put expensive chemicals on their face in different colors? Who doesn't want to do that? Different colors: blue, pink, red, and red here. You know, the false eyelashes. Who doesn't want to do that? So we we envy you guys. <laughs> uh, but we've become very adept at covering up. Paul says to the Corinthian church that God, one, is the father of all mercies and he's the God of all comfort. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he begins to say this treasure that we carry, he said we carry it in earthen vessel. So I want to talk today about pain. About pain. Uh, I think a couple of years ago, it must have been Two years ago, I was teaching about pain, and, and um, I, I remember I tried to, in my consultant mind, put like a small framework together. I suspect a number of people here were not around then. Shall I'm going to need your help again, if you, if you don't mind. We're just going to carry this um, to the back so that I, when I start to do my drawing, every, all of us can see it. I think it's a bit fragile. Okay, thank you. So I know I put, is this, is, can everybody see here? You think? Yeah? But it's not straight. Yep. Yep. Okay, this is about fine. All right, so I remember, so, so I said, where does pain, where does suffering come from? And so I remember that year, we drew up like a small quad, like I think we're four, like just small quadrants. And saying if you, if you try to dimension it, there will be like four different things. And, and I know that, this one is hard, I'm going to leave that one. And I know that, um, okay, so, there and here, okay? And, and if you were around, you will remember this very quickly, okay? So quadrant one, I remember saying, uh, is pain and suffering that is self-inflicted. This is stuff that we have caused by ourselves for ourselves, within ourselves, sometimes out of, you know, just a lack of wisdom about how things should be done. Because pain 
is often a sign of disorder. When someone approaches your face with their hands open at fast speed, your face communicates to you that something is out of order. Right? You see stars. That's not, it's like, that's not how it's supposed to function. Right? So there's, however, pain that is self-inflicted. I'll give you an example. You go out with your friends at night and about two o'clock everybody's getting happy and then they say you order drinks and then for some reason you are inspired you know you tell them bring that champagne the one that's got the light at the end of it right with fire as they're bringing it everybody's shouting your name in the club fall abbey fall abbey the Holy Spirit is warning you, it's prodding your heart, follow me, follow me. But you can't hear that. You can just hear everybody cheering, fall. Even people in the neighboring clubs have come out and they're all cheering, fall, be, fall, be. Because you ask them to bring six. All right? <laughs> and people are taking selfies with you, you know. Because as the wine is coming, your account balance is also going. And, and so let's fast forward to two weeks later. The, 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 when you wake up in the morning, you're still in that glow. A week later, the pain begins to arrive. <laughs> that is self-inflicted pain. By the third week, the pain is real. Because some of that money wasn't even yours. <laughs> you know, your brother said, hold it for me. <laughs> you know. And you know what I'm talking about. When you bought that bag, you shouldn't have bought you were trying to impress the lady on Valentine's Day. You went into a shop you shouldn't have gone to. As you went in there, God sent people to you. But no, you were in love. That pain is self-inflicted pain. It responds to, one, the mercy of God. Because once you've now done such foolishness, what you must do is to say, Father, I have sinned against you and against wisdom. And what happens is that we're in quadrant one type of pain until wisdom arrives. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, it says when people are desperate for money, it says they put, they pierce themselves with many sorrows. Okay, so there's that first side of pain. Where people have done things that they shouldn't have done. But that pain, we exit, you know, quarter one, Q1 cycles of pain by the mercy of God. And, and I want to say this for someone here who's, you are carrying pain. By the way, the title of the message is don't, don't waste your pain. You are carrying pain. And you need to recognize that this might just be your own doing. And ask God for mercy and more than just mercy, to also ask God for wisdom so that the next time you go to the club maybe you leave your bank card at home maybe yeah you leave the card at home you take the money you're going to spend the 5k it's with you they say transfer I say ah no I don't do internet banking no I don't quarter two or quadrant two pain 
will be pain and suffering that is necessary for endurance and discipline. So, for example, you're preparing for an exam and you have to stay up all night. That pain, especially when all of them are going to Quillox, you know, to go and drink the champagne, that we mentioned in quadrant one, that pain that you feel is quadrant two pain. Or better still, I mean, how many of you go to the gym here? Right, Dupo, you're about to raise up your hand. Then you realize your wife was beside you. Like, Okay, but if you go to the gym for, the, for, for, uh, for any meaningful length of time, you know that every now and then, and I'm not talking about those of you who go there just to scope people or to show off your slim body. No, I'm saying we real gym enthusiasts, we that go for purpose. And you know that as you're carrying that thing, you can feel the pain. And if you have an instructor, they tell you 10 more. You're like, 10 what? You know, <laughs> that pain is necessary for the development of your five, four, three, two, or six pack, whatever you are building. Studying hard. I mean, I don't know. I mean, a couple of people who like to study. China, yeah. So, you know, you don't like. Also, definitely not. Raleigh, Tolu, never. No, it's like, Shola, maybe sometime. But you know, there's people who like studying. Just like you sit down six hours straight. There are for some other people who studying is painful. Especially if you have a mobile phone and things are happening on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook that are calling your spirit. But you do not build a disciple without discipline. In fact, Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 5 to 11 reads, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges, it's a strong word, every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons, for what son is there who a father does not chasten? Chastening is smacking. Physical intervention. <laughs> Radical's kids are looking at me like, why? How? In fact, let me help you here. It says, but if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. I, I really love reading this scripture because I know my daughter is in the service. <laughs> for <laughs> Just as a scriptural explanation to some of my actions towards her. You know, for he, for, but he for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present. None. But painful. It's in the Bible. Take it back there. 
no chastening seems to be joyful for the present. So this is not going to sit in the naughty corner. No. This is chastening. <laughs> now things are happening in our world today. Parents are not allowed to chasten their children. <laughs> oh, I can tell you stories about... <clears throat> you were, oh, I need to focus. There are different types of chastening that you encounter as a child when we were growing up. There were things that were programmed. So they had a regular king. There were some that was freelance... It just happened as they employed everything. <laughs> and in Benin, my mom said, go and pluck. <laughs> it says, but human fathers corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and leave? He says that chastening is not, at the present it's painful. He says, nevertheless, afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So quadrant two pain is that which is, it is necessary for us. Alright, this is stuff that you must, you must take on. Alright, so discipline. In fact, Jesus says, if anyone would follow me, he says, let him every single day take on his cross. You read Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. Psalmist will say, of those who go forth sowing in tears, continually go forth weeping, it says they will reap in joy. So there is pain, number one, that is self-inflicted, a lack of wisdom. There is that which responds to an understanding of the work of God within our lives. John 15, it says when you are bearing fraught fruit, it says that God will then prune you. A lot of us read that scripture in a hurry. For some people, when Joseph left you, it was quadrant two pain. You couldn't eat for two days. How, I don't understand, but he said we're best friends. Best, what do you call that? Best friends? What, uh, BF, yes. BFF, right? Best friends forever. How? How? But now I'm texting him. Is delivering. I can see he's delivering. I'm calling. He's not even picking. It's not ringing anymore. Oh, he's blocked me. So you hide your number, right? Or you take two or two. Let me just. I just want to do something. Your phone is. Let me just do something. You call and it rings and you cut it. That pain. Quadrant two. I'm telling you, because God is taking the unnecessary people out of your life, and you are crying. You are weeping. <laughs> Paul says I discipline my body and bring it under subjection we must employ the eyes of vision and purpose to maximize the pain that comes from that quadrant so any sacrifice you are having to make in this season for your life in the future is under there. Quadrant three is suffering and pain that comes from other people and from other circumstances outside our control. Other people and circumstances under our control. So for some of you, you know, we say, you, you know, everybody else in your house was born in London. It's time for your birth. Your mother started feeling homesick. She came. She didn't just come to Lagos. She went 
Hey, pardon. <laughs> I heard you say Benin. Oh, no, Benin is a posh place. Relax. <laughs> so they asked Jesus in John 9, say, this man who's born blind from birth, who sinned? Why is it like this? I was preparing for this, you know, laid on my heart that there's someone in service today listening to me. It was at age 13 that something, someone, something happened. Someone did something to you at a time when you could not do anything. Pain that comes from what others have done to us. Joseph's brothers sell him to slavery. Someone's parents break up their marriage without asking if it will affect you. Someone's father leaves and never comes back. Someone, they insist that you should be an engineer. And you just wanted to be a doctor, a, a, a musician. That's all you wanted to be. They said, no, you must study a professional course. And now the guy you started with, David O, you see him driving around. <laughs> Q3 responds to forgiveness and love. Here you have to trust God. The Bible says that all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and 2, Paul in the midst of a prayer would say, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for not all men have faith. And so this quadrant is forgiveness. Jesus would at the cross, he would say, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Luke 23 and 34. It says it is inevitable that offense will come. In fact, some of this pain is not necessarily in the past. For some of you, the pain is coming. For some of you, every interaction with your mother is quarter, quadrant three pain. So you block her, then you unblock her because you are a Christian. You block her again. But forgiveness, love, and just an appreciation for the fact that if God will let this person come my way, it must be for a purpose. And then quadrant four, if you remember from our previous discussion, is, is stuff that comes from the devil and his agents. Jesus would they say of Jesus in Acts chapter 10 and 38, he says that he went around healing all that were oppressed, afflicted by the devil. In fact, in one place where Jesus is about to heal a woman, and there's a conversation about whether he should do it on the Sabbath or not, he says, shouldn't this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, so this is Luke 13 and 16, who Satan has bound, who Satan has afflicted, just for 18 years. He says, shouldn't she be free on the Sabbath? And, and I know that this is a rough you know, framework. But what happens is that we... And, and, and see, if you are here, this quadrant four, you have to exercise the authority that we have in Christ Jesus. And declare that this is not my portion. 
the challenge I think sometimes as Africans is that every pain is devilish. Everything. Because you know it's, it's in Africa that every cats, especially the black ones, are witches. And I've always said it that once I have enough money, I'm buying six cats, black, and one white one. <laughs> For diversity. So when you come to my house, you know that you don't want to come to my house. Just bring out the cats to greet you. Some people are already shaking now. But we believe that everything, they said the, 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 the witch cried at night, the child died in the morning. Everything is here. But you were at Quillocks, they were shouting your name, follow me, follow me. You were spending, you were just swiping the card, swiping. It's quadrant one. That's one you have to ask God for mercy. Stop blaming. Because you're shouting the devil, the devil didn't do that. There are some that it is human beings. In, when the guy doesn't let you pass in traffic, that wickedness, that's not inspired by the devil. It's just the guy is just wicked. doesn't want you to go. Maybe that guy is you. <laughs> now, now, I'll tell you what it was. Because we've done this before, okay? So, during the week, as this is preparing for service, I just realized that what tends to happen is that we, we tend to approach pain in a very superstitious manner. That sometimes pain comes into our life or suffering comes into our life and we're meant to say, look, where is this coming from? And how does God expect me as a Christian to react to this? In one place, he actually says, count it all joy. Now, you know there's some scriptures when you read, you read it quickly. It says, count it all joy when you have difficulties. You're like, no, that's not me. Because sometimes our pains are multidimensional. So the person sitting next to you might have quadrant one, two, three, and four. They might even have quadrant five pain. That, you know, I just don't know what quadrant five is. But the thing is, there's stuff that we must heal from. I think it's last Sunday I was saying that we must make sure that we do not constantly postpone our healing. That the fact that time has passed since the heart arrived doesn't mean that the heart has healed. An egg doesn't boil by the passage of time. You, you don't take an egg to the kitchen and say boil and then come back in 15 minutes and it's boiled. Because sometimes people who refuse to let God bring them to a place of healing become distributors of the same thing that caused them pain. How does it happen? They are in such pain that they become bitter. And bitter people, the scripture says, be careful lest a root of bitterness spring forth within you and then defiling everything else. Help me ask the person next to you. Ask them, is there any pain in your life? Is there any pain in your life? Is there any pain in your life? In your life? All right. Because pain doesn't have timetable. doesn't have a protocol. And, and so today, you know, is, is that encouragement? Look, you cannot afford to waste your pain or your suffering. Because sometimes when the woman with, that meets Jesus at the well that has, I think it's what, five husbands? 
Five husbands, they don't want to say situation. That's not a husband. It's five now, huh? Seven. What Bible do you have, Shola? How many husbands? Is five. Five, right? Five. And then one, then, then, has, and then she has a situation at home, right? Um, that woman has an issue going on within her life. And, and it's interesting how because she's trying to discuss theology with God, with Jesus, trying to talk about which mountain should we worship, right? Trying to talk about the new revelations and prophecy and the gifts of the spirit and all that. And Jesus is like, hang on, there's something in your life that we need to figure out. God promises healing. In Isaiah chapter 61, he says to comfort those who mourn in Zion. To give beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. What happens when people bring all their pain and they meet Jesus? What happens when you and I meet Jesus? Scripture says weeping may endure for the night. But surely that joy comes in the morning. And, and you know, that, that is my question and that is <laughs> our message for this morning. That surely there is a, for someone, there is a call for you, I think the best way to describe it, to come to the place where you refuse to make your pain an object of your worship or the object of your worship where your battle scars where your painful memories are not themselves become an idol where you would worship God with your scars you would worship God with your story where yes I was blind but now I can see because sometimes in church, it is okay for us to pretend that we are all okay. It is. I think we present like that type of hospital where once you walk in, you're supposed to immediately say, I am now feeling fine. And, and I can't understand it. That you can be shaking and shivering on the way, but once you get into the hospital, you must, you must, you must confess positively. Not says, how are you? I'm fine. So why are you here? Well, I just wanted to inspect the facilities. Because how can you be in church and say that there's some pain in your heart? How can you be a Christian and say there is something wrong? How? How can you come to Tony, who is a prayer? You saw Tony praying. She was a prayer warrior, quoting scriptures, Old Testament, New. She was just mixing it like a DJ, you know. Then you want to now share, say, when I wake up sometimes, I'm anxious. Ank what? How, how do you, no, but how do I come to you and say that there was something that happened 17 years ago that I have not resolved? How dare we 
represent any sort of weakness in the house of God. Ah, so we must be strong. We must sing all the worship songs. Pray. And so I find that the people who are spending energy within the church trying to act like something and then go back into our private lives and are dealing with issues. A couple of months, I think it was years ago, when we ran a course uh, for people who were dealing with sadness, one thing that emerged for me was this whole concept of a path of healing. A path of healing. A road that you walk on to heal. And because I realized very quickly that God will heal different people in different ways. To one person, he says, look, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. John chapter 9 and verse 7. The Bible says, as he went and washed and came back seen. I think that's the same guy that he had taken mud and put in his eyes. In Luke chapter 17, he meets a bunch of people who are dealing with another situation. But he doesn't tell them to go and wash in the pool. The Bible says in verse 14, And when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And the Bible says, So it was as they went that they were cleansed. Matthew chapter 9, a different path comes up. The Bible says the woman said in her heart, if I may touch the helm of his garment, I will be made whole. How is the Holy Spirit working in your life, not your neighbor's life, to bring healing? And it's okay if you claim there is no pain, nothing that needs to be healed. That's fine. We know you are pretending. Because the truth is that most people are dealing with something. I know. And the truth is that for the sake of other people, we try not to show you what we're dealing with. Because if we show you what we're dealing with, you probably won't talk to us for a while. In fact, the truth is you don't have enough faith to handle my trouble. You don't. I mean, this pastor Toluda is looking so cool. Doesn't really have plenty of trouble. Like that. <laughs> But I know for, okay, let me just focus on my message. It's all right. But help me ask the person next to you. Ask them, how are you? Ask them, how are you? How are you doing? That you would hear the instructions of God for your life. That you would find counsel and wisdom. He gives beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garments of praise. Instead of the spirit of heaviness. That you would stop going to God and trying to impress. Okay, it's fine if you come to church and impress us. But when you stand before God, would you let him heal you? Would you find your path of healing? Oh, thank you. God bless you. God bless you. It's more than 10 minutes, but it's all right. Uh, Yeah, well. God bless you, Toksai. Buy you a drink afterwards. <laughs> My pastor was talking to me last week. And he was saying, oh, he went to preach somewhere. And how, but something the Holy Spirit had led him to do somewhere else. 
that he was going to do it. And he was just explaining. And simply what it was, was at a point in the service, he asked people to come forward and share with ministers and pastors anything that was heavy on their heart. A deep secret that nobody knew that was holding them down. Now, we're not going to do that today, so relax. <laughs> Never slapped. I'm like, <laughs> But for some of us, we need to come to the place where we empty our hearts of our deepest pains and sorrows. In prayer, in fellowship, in communion, or some people in counseling. Jesus has a conversation with that woman about the Samaritan woman, about what is at the very core. He says, ah, but I'm, you're discussing theology. He says, but you've been married five times. And I know you guys think it's not a big deal because you're reading the Bible, but do you know what it means to have had five husbands? One, two, three, three and a half, four, five. And then, and then be in a situation. Ship, God bless you. How do you walk around the city? So don't you know that girl? Then she was married to this. No, I said no, that's not. <laughs> because everybody knows a different person that you were married to. I feel that there are people who need to have certain conversations. It's interesting because in, in James chapter 5, scripture says to confess your faults to one another. And to pray for one another. Why? It says that you may be healed. And so there is healing that comes with disclosure. And I'm going to say this carefully. Because you and I know that not all church folk can be trusted. And that's a fact. Because sometimes you say to one. And what you have said to one, you have said to many. Some people say, well, I was just trying to raise a prayer point. He said, I want us to pray. There's a brother in the choir, always wearing shredded jeans and, and sneakers. Slim like this, small. He said, that brother, he told me something that really shook my faith. But I said, I'm going to trust God. So because Christians gossip with skill. He said, and I know that there's nothing our God cannot do, but that our brother, ah, is going through a lot. He said, he told me in confidence. He confided in me because he understood I have the gift of counseling. <laughs> and then you go ahead and say it. He has asked five girls in this church to marry him. None of them agreed. Ah, let us pray, let us pray. This is no time for gossiping. Let us pray. <laughs> not those ones, not those ones. You have to look for... Oh, okay. Now, it has to be every 10 minutes, every 10 minutes. Let's, 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 otherwise, it interrupts the message. <laughs> but where has God appointed my healing? With whom can I share that I may find? Because for some of us, we are carrying stuff that happened five years ago, 10 years ago. And, and, and I know this because... <laughs> God doesn't write these things by mistake. That there is healing that comes from certain conversations, guys. 
And he said, look, when I was 18, I got raped. But you would say, look, uh, um, before I came back from America, you know, I used to be in America, I was a fraudster. And that that burden is lifted off your shoulders. confess your faults one to another. And not, not people who would take you to and say, let's go and meet one babalao or one guy by the babbage. No, no, no. You say you should bring five purple, purple goats and, and six candles. No. Where is your path of healing? Because <laughs> if you don't deal with certain things now, Some of these things just ferment within your heart. The Bible says the apostles, there's a gentleman who gets saved. I think it's Acts chapter 8 or so. The Bible says that the man has an interaction with the apostles and his reaction is, he starts to ask them, look, can I buy this thing for money? He sees them laying hands on me for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And they say, perish your money, perish with you. And Peter says to him, he says, I perceive that you have been blinded with sin and your heart is full of bitterness. That there is something that has not been dealt with within the heart. But you would not cover it up anymore. Because people are adept at covering up all their pain. And so they would cover up. Because, I mean, with quadrant two, I can understand if... Well, you can, why are you covering it up? It's for discipline. But it's not everybody who understands your discipline. It's not everybody who understands what God is taking you through. It's not everybody who understands why you don't have a car yet. Sometimes these discussions in quadrant two are between you and God. I put a note in my diary on my phone the other day how that there are a lot of victories that God will win in our lives that are actually private. It's not public. But you want something to put on Instagram. But this one is God dealing with you. And the truth is that the public victories that sometimes we put up, they're not even really victories. They're things to impress the other person. That you would let God deal with you personally. But that we would get to the place where we're not spending time and energy just covering up things. That in quadrant four, where you're dealing with things that are spiritual, that you would find someone, you would find your pastor, We've got pastors here. You would find counselors. You would find someone who would at least even first say, what does the Bible say about this? Stuff that you can deal with together. One will chase a thousand. Two, ten thousand. But we spend energy covering it up. Learning the language of the church. How are you? It is well. No, I know, but how are you? It is well. Christians have become very skilled in answering questions backwards. I was asking the lady the other day, where is so-so-and-so person? They said, the person is not here. I was like, I know that. If they were here, I wouldn't be asking you where they are. Where? I'm telling you, a leader. Very skilled. And while all this healing is going on, guys, I sense that God is saying to us as a church, 
Do not waste your pain. Do not waste this process. In Galatians chapter 4 and verse 13, Paul says something to the church. He says, do you remember how I got introduced to you guys? At the NKJV says, you know that because of physical infirmity, I preached the gospel to you first. And I don't think you noticed this, but Paul says to them, I, I had a challenge. There was something happening in my life that became a gateway for God to walk in your own life. And I don't know who God is saying, would you please share your story of healing? Would you help others who have similar pains as you do? Sometimes we say to people, would you share your God experience? And they say, I'm waiting for one thing. Say, I'm just, ah, no, no, I'm waiting for something. There's something I'm waiting for. But the truth is that the same guys who are waiting for, I don't know what you're waiting for. Maybe it's a contract. Maybe you want, when you finish sharing your God, people stand like, my God. But, but while you are waiting for that thing to fall into place, there are people who are waiting to hear how God delivered you. There's someone who you've, you dealt with the pain of low self-esteem for a long time. And God has taught you how to break that. But you don't want to share your God experience yet until your G-Wagon with red leather seats shows up. And so the, the people who, are, who God has sent you to are waiting. But you are also waiting for, for your G-Wagon because you want to be able to share, I had low self-esteem, but see now, I have a G-Wagon with red leather seats. Ah. But... But the people who just want to know how to deal with self-esteem issues, they don't really care about the G-Wagon. They're waiting. Let me tell somebody next to you, tell them, tell them they're waiting. They're waiting for you. They're waiting for you. Because there are people who God has placed around your life already for you to share with for you to bless, for you to minister to. Your ministry is not in the future. I know this. With, your ministry has nothing to do with your age. So even if you are 15, believe me, there are people who are waiting to hear your, what God has done in your life. That you would minister to those who are wounded along your path. That your pulpit doesn't need to be public. It doesn't need to be one of these ones. That your pulpit doesn't need to be permanent. It doesn't need to be pretty. Jesus says to Peter, He says, When you are restored, will you strengthen your brethren? Hebrews chapter 4 and 15. It says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. It says, but was in all points tempted as we are. It says, yet without sin. But someone is already carrying the history of God working in their lives. 
And I know you are not out of the woods yet, but you've made progress. When you came five years ago, you were broke, totally in debt. Now God has, he has taught you the way out. Would you show somebody else the way? Now, typically, you are a better physician when you understand the pain that people are going through. And I don't know where you are at. And I'm praying that if you're in quadrant one, that you would ask God for mercy. You would learn wisdom. If you're in quadrant two, that you would remember the reason why you are going through why you're going, what you're going through. If it's three, but God will engage forgiveness within your heart. And love that you would not settle down your life trying to pay back those who hurt you. That your whole life's agenda cannot be that you're trying to make them see what God will do with you. And if you're in quadrant four, that you would stand in faith upon God's word. But even as you go through all this, that you would make sure that that pain didn't come and leave you the same guy. That your experience and your experiences with God will be a gateway for God to work with other people. I put this down. I think, I think I've said most of what has been laid in my heart to say. Um, because there's someone who, who made a set of bad decisions. And you met God and God has healed you and he's healing you. Not everything is fine, but he's healing you. And perhaps there is something about your story that will stop someone else from making any of those choices. That there's someone who's had an abortion. And you know the hell that you went through. There's someone who, maybe you went to jail. There's someone who has had, you've had people do things to you. There is Joseph. You've had people do things to you. You've had your brothers sell you. You've had Potiphar's wife lie about you. You've had someone in prison forget you even when you did good. And now, by the hand of God, you are there's a throne around you. You're on a throne. Joseph's brothers die. Joseph's father die. His father dies and his brothers show up before him and say, ah, we know you're going to kill us now. It would have been a total waste of his pain for him to use it to revenge. A total waste of his pain for him to use it to revenge. Someone, God is saying, you went through too much for you to now decide that you're going to live your life anyhow. For someone, you, you, you went through too much for you to give up now. You sacrificed enough already. And God will still call you to sacrifice. But you cannot give up now. There's someone who needs to stop being quiet. And I'm not saying come and take a poop. If you want the poop, just let me know. But I'm saying, when will you speak to your friends about it? 
that as you find healing in God and your path of healing, when would you also minister to people? That we are the people who one day will post at least even a small part of their lives, their real lives, on social media. Because we all are pressuring ourselves to put the right angle, the right filter, the right background, the right time. But the stories that God wants to work on to bring healing to people, we hide them. So we're a perfect church. What it says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. But we take the earthen vessel and we, we put makeup on it. We put a nice wig on it, a nice jacket. Spray perfume all over it. And that's fine. But God says, are you wasting the pain? Well, sometimes we we try to <laughs> this last one and we pray. Yeah. But sometimes what happens as you go through pain is that you become very it becomes easy for you to hear the cry of people who are speaking that same language. But what happens is that we then train ourselves not to hear it. If, you, if you've been sad before and God has healed you, it's not hard for you to know when someone is sad. If you've been dependent on substances before, addicted to something, it's not hard. For you to know when someone is dealing. But that you would minister in the language. That God has brought you through. I think someone needs to tell your story. And this is, you know, I don't know in what regard. It might be to a crowd of one person. Or it might be to a million people. I think someone here needs to speak to someone. And if you want to speak to someone, you can speak to me. You can speak to any of the pastors. You can send me a text. You can, someone needs to speak to someone. You can speak to your father. You can speak to your mom. Speak to your friend. Someone needs to find help. Someone needs to find therapies. Therapist. The therapist somewhere. The counselor. Um, yeah, I, I think that's most of it. Uh, let's just pray. Let's pray this morning, guys. Our Father, we thank you. We give you all thanks. We give you all thanks. I'll ask that you pray over your life. Because sometimes we just, we pray for things, but we don't pray over our lives enough. I'd like you to pray over your life. And ask God, the Lord, Lord, Lord just, just pray over your life. Pray over your life. I'd like you to just, as we stand in God's presence today, just pray over your life. Pray over your life. Pray over your life. Maybe start by declaring that this life will be used of God to his glory. Maybe start by blessing your life. Declare that I bless me in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That I will live and not die. That I will... I would live to the glory of God. That it doesn't matter where you were broken. It doesn't matter what broke, what fell, where and when. It doesn't matter whether it was quadrant one, two, three, four. 
five, six, or seven. It doesn't matter where it came from, but God says, I give beautiful ashes, the oil of joy for morning, and the garments of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. But God is saying, please do not waste it. Do not waste this experience. Do not let it become an idol where you worship. He says, but I'd rather you would let us walk together and, and use it to set many free. I don't know what it is. I don't know what ministry, but God has been trying to point your heart and your life towards. All right, but I would like you to just pray over your life. I'd like you to just pray over your life. For someone, you're just really, you're asking God, for someone in this house, you're asking God for healing this morning. Because you know that there's stuff that's happened, stuff that you are covering that needs to be healed. And someone's asking God for healing this morning. Someone's asking God for healing this morning. Someone's asking God for healing this morning. Someone is asking God for healing. Someone, you know you are in a place where, where if God doesn't help you, 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 you know that you are, you, are, you are almost at the end of your, of your rope. So say, Father Lord, would you heal me? Would you heal me? Jesus will say, what do you want me to do for you? Someone, your pain was meant to just direct you to God. Someone is quarter two, quadrant two pain. And God is saying, I've been trying to correct you. I've been trying to hold you back from certain things. And it's just someone to say, Lord, I submit myself to you. I, I, that discomfort that you have been feeling, that discomfort that you have been dealing with in one aspect of life or the other, I'd like you to submit it to God because no one has your interest at the core of their heart like God does. No one. No one, no one, no one, no one. Lord, we call upon you. We call upon you today that you will that you will rise over us with healing on your wings. We call upon you today. We call upon you. That person who you know you are unable to think properly in your mind. Why don't you talk to God? That person who you know their constant anxiety attacks. Why don't you talk to God? The Bible says perfect love, cast away fear. While we pray this prayer this morning, could you please help me pray for one person on your left and on your right? Could you hold someone's hands if they don't mind? And can we speak healing all over this house? In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's one of those prayers that are best started in the spirit. So if you pray in tongues, it's a beautiful prayer for you to pray in tongues over their life. Just hold one person on your left, hold one person on your right, and stand in the name of the Lord Jesus. The Bible says at the mention of that name, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. Because you might be holding the hand of someone who has been dealing with self-esteem issues since they were 17 or 13. But guess what? Jesus is the one who brings healing. As the Holy Spirit begins to give you utterance, I'd like you to just begin to declare healing over their life. In the name of the Lord Jesus, the Bible says God will not allow them to be tempted beyond that which they can bear. He says with every temptation, he will show them the way of escape. Mam the Kalabash, would you declare over their life that God will show them the way of escape? God will bring them onto their path of healing. Their path of healing. Their path of healing. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I'd like us to pray. I'd like us to pray for another two minutes. But we are declaring that no one who is in this service today will leave God's presence the same. Man the ragadosh kaliba ragadash keliba. Man the harabos de makarabados shikarabados. Lord, we are calling your healing. We're calling your healing. 
Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.